Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny. You're gonna need a bigger boat. The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! Be afraid. Be very afraid. Sometimes, that is better. Hello. Do you want to play a game? Hello and welcome to the Screaming Cinema Podcast. We have a cool, uh, somewhat follow-up episode to our previous physical media episode. But let's uh, introduce the uh, the crew as always. We got James Cole Clay. What's up, man? Hey, hey, what's up, man? And joined by Preston again. Howdy. And today we have a special, special guest. Uh, we have Eric Wilkinson from MVD to talk about the MVD Rewind Collection to uh, to clear up some of our uh, uh, mistakes that we made on our episode and, uh, and, to, <laughs> and to talk about some uh, some cool new uh, new updates and changes in the label in general. So I'll yeah. throw it over to Preston. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Max. Yeah, thank you again, Eric. Uh, I guess we should mention your actual title, Director of Home Video Sales and Acquisitions. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we really appreciate you giving us your time today and 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 really thank you for taking the time to listen to our episode centered on the MVD Rewind Collection too. It was really awesome you sending us images of where some of the inspiration came from in yeah. the design and execution of these release titles. Uh, the shout out on social media about the upcoming uh, disc design of Dirty Laundry was really special to us as well. So we're, we're, we're happy to get in more depth about the creative process and chat more about these uh, releases with you. So thank you. Cool. So naturally, my curiosity first brings me to wondering what your relationship has been with video collecting, product aesthetics, and if you can recall the film or films that may have ignited your fascination with home distribution and the psychology of movie marketing. Oh, wow. The psychology of movie marketing? Yeah. Um, geez, if I could walk, can I walk away from my camera? Because this is a <laughs> Hold on a second. Here, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> no, it, 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 but no, it is a psychology. It, it, it's evocative. That's what it's about. Yeah, it's, it's we, uh, what causes you to lean in. Exactly. Like the purple that we were just talking about, right? On the, what was the name of the movie again? So, uh, oh, maybe. oh yeah, yeah. I was looking at the, uh, I was looking at the, the Facebook page. It was the artwork for, oh. um, one dark night. Yeah, based exactly. on the VHS cover. That was awesome. Yeah, that yeah, purple. purple. It's, it's evocative. It's a, it's a psychological response that I'm getting when I see it. Yeah, that was like the, the thorny in my cases came in these yeah. plastic shells, and I wanted to do a case that looked like the plastic shell. So. Um, Thorny and I also put out the Terminator, and I saw they were the packaging's identical in terms of the materials, and I literally just did as close of a recreation of that packaging as I could, because the way I look at it and my approach to it is I'm not just selling movies, um, I'm selling nostalgia, and it, yeah. I think it, I think. It's almost like a collectible in the sense that you buy that Star Wars action figure um, uh, that looks like the one you had is when you were a kid. I kind of take the same approach and it's twofold in the sense that if you grew up during that era, it brings a feeling of nostalgia, a feeling of youth, and you kind of want to have that again. Mm -hmm. And if you're young and you didn't, you get to experience almost it and you get to experience in a way that that it, had you been there this is kind of what it was like so you know i kind of take that approach for me it's about just nostalgia i long for the days of video stores i think with collecting these days because there aren't any video stores people have collections like ours you know i have ten thousand discs here in my basement and i'm not going to stop collecting am i a hoarder probably when it comes to <laughs> movies i am and if you're like me, you don't just, you, you'll, if you're like me, you'll buy a film and you might stick it on your shelf. I might not touch that for three, four or five years. I mean, my son and I are going through Clint Eastwood's movies now and I just opened up Unforgiven. I mean, uh, 
And the other one I opened, we watched um, uh, Gran Torino and it had like the PlayStation 3 sticker on it. So that should tell <laughs> you that I've had that thing since street date. So I buy, often buy movies and stick them on my shelves. Maybe some I'll never get to before I die. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But uh, unlike streaming, where you don't know if the movie you want to watch is going to be on there, I know that movie's waiting there for me. So that's why I collect. I think but, we're um, all, all guilty of that same thing where we buy stuff because like, oh, I need to have this. I don't know when I'm going to watch it, but one day I'm going to watch it. I, I always think about everything I'm not going to get to. I'll get to when I retire. I'm like, I'll just be sitting on my couch watching movies eight hours a day. I'll be able to knock out all of those Criterion box sets I bought, but I haven't watched yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it's so I don't forget. I don't know. There's something about just going to like, especially when it's around your movies in general there's something about it that i don't know it's just kind of there for you i don't yeah, know it seems kind of strange but like i love being able to look through it and then look at the aesthetic and you can get transported i mean you can take a moment for yourself i mean that's 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 why i do it i mean that's that's why i get into it even if i don't you know love love a film it might there might be still something about the packaging that is making me take up space in my home and that's it feels good it feels warm so yeah. you know that's kind of why I do it. Let I want to go back. Repeat your first question for me because I actually it's funny that you asked that, and I think it's a great question. But uh, I want to make sure that I'm answering the question that you asked. Yeah, it was just about uh, your relationship with video collecting, which you've answered, but uh, with product product aesthetics, and if you can recall that film or film um that ignited your fascination with home distribution and the psychology of movie marketing there's there's a there's several mm -hmm. um but i don't have every i hadn't saved everything for my youth unfortunately but i don't know if you do you remember this format oh yeah yeah this is called a ced yeah and this there was uh my collecting started in 1984 and i was buying these because videotapes were more expensive and you could buy these relatively cheap these are actually vinyl discs they played with a, an RCA Select Division video disc player with a needle, and they had better quality than a VHS tape. And I had maybe like a hundred of these things. That was the beginning for me collecting. And this is one of the first movies I ever bought. Um, I think the first movie I ever bought on disc like this was 16 Candles and maybe Friday the 13th Part 3. Um, but... Uh, and the first videotape I ever bought was a used, I spent $15 on a used copy of The Breakfast Club. That was my first VHS. And then like, but like early collecting, um, you know, and this is what inspired not only, well, two things inspired me for my new label is your podcast, your last podcast and these labels here because they fit, the, uh, that image will fit sort of on a Blu-ray case. So I used the big style, this is a beta tape. You know what that is? You're a little young. <laughs> no, we, yeah. get, we got it um and uh an original copy uh uh and that's what we're going to be using for the labels but yeah it was uh it was cds vhs and beta and of course uh laserdisc so i love those the, I big, the big, big format of that is what we're missing now like all the records are you looking through them and it's like a piece yeah. of art, artwork man it's awesome well we were yeah. we were texting about laserdisc the other day preston and i like I see, I see Bruce Springsteen back there, the vinyl record of that back there. Like we were talking about doing that with laser discs, like having that around your house and framing like a laser disc or something like that. So to me, that's I, um, cool. I just got a, it doesn't have the disc in it anymore. The disc broke, but I got the break in laser disc cover. I'm going to frame the, I'm going to frame that. Oh yeah. Model. So yeah, that rules. I still have my beta of basket case. Uh, is that sealed? Uh, I have a hard container for it, ah, but, nice. but, but yeah, it is, it's sealed everywhere. So it doesn't pop out, but yeah, it's still in really great. Shape. Yeah. You could see, uh, you could definitely see the inspiration uh, yes. on the media home entertainment, which uh, I believe I got the, the blessing of the original owner of, of uh, media home entertainment. So with, with that white line at the bottom. Yeah. Well, the whole, the whole, um, the whole banner, the whole banner at the bottom. Uh, yeah. If you look at the bottom, yeah. I mean, that's that that's where the rewind packaging that that's sort of an homage, if you will. Yeah, for sure. Like I had mentioned in the previous episode that we did on MVD Rewind Collection, most of our relationships with movies, especially if you're you're 30 or 40 or above, it's it's going into the video store, browsing the VHS 
uh, collection, wondering what those titles could be about. Uh, we didn't have internet to, to look at and to see what the origins of, of that film and what, what it may be about and how people felt about them. But it, it was taking a leap of faith sometimes because oh, yeah. some, something about the look of it made you want to rent it. Uh, whether the movie ended up being a quality film or not, it, it's the fun of taking those chances. And I feel like you guys tap into that look of of the movies yeah. with the collection back then you didn't you didn't know whether it was good or bad you didn't you couldn't get on your phone and see rotten tomatoes score or anything like that and um you know back then i'll say a lot of the the packaging was you know deceiving because a lot of these companies especially the b movie companies knew they were putting out you know b movies and and um that's the stuff that you know it's funny there are movies that i pick up today for the rewind collection that mm -hmm. 10 or 15 years ago, I wouldn't have touched. Like we announced Dirty Laundry today. I, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have touched that movie. And now I, I look at it again with different eyes. I'm like, you know what? This is not my favorite movie. It might not be your favorite movie. But when I watch it, it goes back to that whole nostalgia. You know, uh, I miss, you know, I long for the days of my youth when I was, uh, would bring home a stack of videotapes uh, from the video store, not knowing what to expect. And sometimes there'd be a bad one in there, but now some of those bad ones are some of my, some of the worst movies that came out in the eighties and nineties are some of my favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about action USA off mic before we started here and just how, how fun it is. I think, I don't remember watching that when I was young. Um, I, I guess it's because most of the time when you start out, you kind of go with the hits and then you, you, and then after a while you start going down these weird avenues and then you'll end up uh, finding it later. But yeah, we, we love that movie just because uh, we can we can just imagine watching it with an audience and then laughing at its ridiculous moments. But it, it's uh, it's that community aspect that makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. If you watch that, if you watch that in 1989, you probably would be like, oh, this is, you know, this right. isn't a lethal weapon. This is a bad movie. But now I look <laughs> at it. Right. I'm more mature now and I've seen a lot of movies. The filmmaker didn't set out to make I don't think the filmmaker when he made that movie thought he was making this over the top cheesy B movie, but the sincerity that he was that he believed he was making Lethal Weapon is what makes that movies like that and movies like Roadhouse and Con Air, that's what makes those movies great in my in my humble opinion. I like what you said too about the deceptiveness of some of those covers. And uh, I think even companies do it now with the um, it's different, right? It's the little frame that you have on Netflix where they spend so much money on graphic yeah. design to put out something uh, where back in the day at the video store, they put a monster that's not even in the movie on the cover. So you're like, this monster's awesome. Let's watch it. And then it's a family drama with like one small murder at the end. Like there's not even like a, a wolf in this movie, but that's mm -hmm. just like you said, sell, sell movies, rent, rent copies. It was the way to do it. <laughs> I'd be lying to you if I said that I didn't do that today on some of our working with some of our B movie companies that MVD distributes. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a way to do it. Cause it's nostalgic for all of us too. And, but now it's we can look, look, now we can look up yeah. and you go, Oh, it's got, you know, 5.2 on IMDb, but you watch the trailer. And like, I think I commented on, on the post you had of the, of the release for Dirty Laundry is I saw Nicholas Worth recently in the Don't Answer the Phone. And he's the creepiest serial killer ever in that. And that's all I can picture him as. But it's just so cool to check out those trailers and to dive back into movies like this that you wouldn't normally pick up. But because we're physical media collectors, it looks cool. And it's fun to revisit, like you said, and get that nostalgic feel to it. Mm -hmm. yeah, no one, no one. Like there's, there are some movies that I've put in the rewind collection that I'm confident no one would have taken the time to no other companies probably would have passed over. But I, I look at, I look at each film. Um, I love, I love that the personality of the rewind collection, that there, there's not really a personality that, that there's not one type of genre. I look at something and it just, I say, does, I ask myself, does this feel right? You know what I mean? And, I looked at Dirty Laundry and it just felt right. I'd love, sometimes it's the artwork. Like with Dirty Laundry, I love the artwork. I love that whoever illustrated that that um, poster was going for a police academy field. You could tell that they, that's what they were going for. So I don't know. I, and I, I think it's a fun movie. It's ridiculously over the top. So, so you, you kicked off the collection with uh, DOA, a rockumentary that's, that's a lot of fun and, and serves yeah. as a cool companion piece with something I don't know like the decline of western civilization but sure um wh what made you guys want to start there I know you just said that 
you didn't want it to really have a personality. You're just kind of picking things, but was that mentality always there from the beginning or is that something that just kind of happened over time as you were, you know, developing relationships? Uh, there, there were two reasons. I will tell you why we started with this. First of all, we had already, we, MBD already had the, we had already um, acquired the rights to it. We, are, we already licensed it. And I wasn't sure what to do with it. The reason why I chose this first, twofold. One was because music video distributors back in the 80s started out as a company that distributed like concert and music videos on VHS tape and stuff. So I thought it would make sense for MBD or music video distributors. I wanted to kick this label off with something sort of music centric because that, that was where MBD came from originally. Mm. And then the other, now I hadn't seen this movie, but I knew it was a cult classic favorite documentary. But the reason why I made a rewind and you're going to think this is stupid, but did you ever see the movie Neighbors, the John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd movie? Yeah. The yeah. daughter has this poster on her wall and I oh, yeah. love Neighbors. That was the first R-rated movie I ever saw as a kid. <laughs> um, and that's literally pretty much, I'm like, oh my God, that's the poster from Neighbors. I that This should be rewind. And then, you know, it became like this cool thing. Like it was a good thing to start with because we had this really great artwork that we could put on the inside. It had that great poster. It had a booklet. It just felt right. And it felt also felt like a movie that I think the typical collector may not have gravitated towards, but because it's in the collection, maybe they'll give it a, maybe they'll give it a try. And when you watch it, it's just, it's a great punk rock doc. And I'm really proud. I helped produce the, two hour making of documentary on here. That's not just a making of the movie, but also a history of, of the, the punk rock music genre itself. So, so when it comes to building out the, the look of the cover, the bonus content, as you just said, with, uh, with creating some of these making ofs, uh, the restoration, if you get, uh, are you guys just like, I don't know, writing down notes on a whiteboard regarding what fans and collectors may be wanting out of this and how that may all visibly fit within the budget? Um, I mean, honestly, I think about what I would want if I was going to buy that and I try to put that on there. Like in, in some of the movies, we, I go, like some of the movies like um, Drive and Split Second, mm -hmm. we had those for a while, but I just like, these need new transfers. People are really those are going to be really popular movies. I have to make sure that I, I go that extra mile and we give it the new transfer and we have really great bonus features. So when, uh, depending on the movie, I decide whether or not it gets a new transfer. And then there are other films like Gun Crazy, good movie. I thought the transfer was good enough. I'm not as crazy. It's a Criterion or uh, Vinegar Syndrome, who I love. And I'm glad that they do the kind of restoration, restoration work that they do. And in fact, they work, they do our restorations. I send them over to Vinegar Syndrome to do the transfers um, mm. often. That's cool. And it just depends on the title. I think if, it, if it's in what I consider to be an important title or something I know that the fans have high expectations, I try my best to uh, either get my hands on the best materials or create the best materials I can. That's the exact reason why Project Metal Beast isn't out yet because we have a, we have a shitty master and I'm not going to use what we have to put out on Blu-ray just for the sake of ripping the fans off and putting out a Blu-ray of it. And I will wait. If it takes me another year or two or three, so be it. Yeah, I saw, speaking of Project Metal Beast, I saw that at an Alamo draft house a couple years ago and all they showed was a, a VHS of it. But they were like, okay, we have to show this movie, but this is all we have. And then kind of to add to that, I, I really appreciate that sentiment on like wanting it to be a quality, you know, you don't want to dirty up your disc with, you know, like a VHS rip or something like that. But like Kino Lorber <laughs> released uh, or we're going to release Hard Target on 4K and fans were complaining to them that they wanted, I think, a, some sort of director's cut or something like that, that had pretty much been lost. And there was only a VHS rip and Kino it's Lorber. Pretty much I, I know I have it in my. Oh, like, nice. Bob Murawski oversees Grindhouse Video, that label. And Bob Murawski mm -hmm. is the editor, the editor of that film. And he sent me, he sent me a copy of it on disc. He burned a disc. And um, listen, uh, I love Kino Lorber. I worked there for four years. So, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I love what they do. I would say that um, they approach things a little differently than I, I do uh, in the sense that 
I, if I could get permission, I would put that on there as a bonus feature. Like mm. if you look at the Nemesis disc, I have an alternate cut of the movie, the Japanese cut, and it looks mm -hmm. terrible. But yeah. there's a warning on there saying it's in SD, it's got burned mm -hmm. in subtitles, it's not, it's not anamorphic. I just, I believe that as long as, long as you're uh, straightforward and honest with the fans of what's on there, they won't uh, rail you for putting uh, as a bonus feature, a less sure. than quality uh, version of the film. Even on the drive disc, we, the original HD master of the theatrical cut that was provided to us, I included on there. Um, it's a slightly different cut of the film. It's got different music. It looks like shit, but I put it on there anyway. And there's a warning saying uh, before it comes on that this has not been remastered. I forget what the warning says, but it says it has not been remastered. It's not a great print, but it's here for you for your enjoyment should you want to watch it. Mm. So right on. But yeah, I would I would put the the hard target. I I would have if it was my release, it would be on there. And also in uh, having worked with some of the studios, the other challenge there is they studios like Universal and Warner and MGM, they sometimes for legal reasons don't won't let you put um, uh, a producer's cut or an assembly cut on there. Um, mm -hmm. If it's got different music, the music might need to be cleared. There's all kinds of reasons why uh, it, it, it may not be on there. So, you know, uh, I'm not sure what Kino's reasons for not to put it on there, but I, I think it's, you know, given how quality their discs are, I could understand him not wanting to blemish uh, what's going to be a beautiful release. I love right that. Right movie. Love, love, love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that movie rolls. Well, you bring up a good point too, is like collectors will complain about anything, right? You're getting hard targets oh, yeah. 4K. Oh yeah. And oh, I right. want this cut or why didn't this scene go in? I thought like we got spoiled because we have so many cool boutique labels busting their ass, doing everything they can to like make all of these hidden things appear and lost tapes, you know, be resurfaced and restored. I always think of like a few of the Scream Factory titles where they have these working cuts where they kind of like pop in the, the extra gore scenes that they have and they're able to kind of Put these things together but man it's not easy it's like this is getting stuff out like that is it's got to be a, a huge ordeal so if i could track it down and i have permission to use it it will be on there but there are some cases where either i can't get it or i legally don't have permission to put it on there and i know you know some collectors don't quite understand that but i try my best to explain myself and same in regards to transfers, like it's not rewind, but we're putting out the documentary. Um, who is Harry Nilsson and why is mm -hmm. everybody talking about him? Now that was a mm -hmm. movie that was shot, the whole thing shot in SD. I love this documentary, really good. In fact, when I worked at Kino, I acquired it when I was at Kino and I did acquisitions at Kino. That expired, I brought it over here, acquired it again to put it out here at MVD. And I oversaw a really good HD, uh, up res and restoration of that so they took the sd they made it hd but even you look at the review even on blu-ray.com gave it a pretty good review even for an up res uh gave it a really good review so i mean you know uh, in terms of material um dep depends on what i have if i know a movie exists on film like i would love to put out cannibal the musical because mm -hmm. we work with trauma i would love to put that out on blu-ray but they only have an sd master and I know somewhere in the world that exists, a negative must exist, a print must exist. Um, from what I understand, the movie was shot on 16 millimeter, immediately transferred uh, to tape, and then everything was done on tape. So you'd have to find the negative, scan it, and then reassemble the movie from scratch. But I, you know, I'm going to try to do that. You know, that's one I would love to try to do. So, so that leads us to uh, acquisitions, uh, wanting to know more about what that process is like. Maybe you can start off with like developing a relationship with somebody like Eric Carson, who did directed uh, Black Eagle and Angel Town and produced Lionheart and Nemesis. Um, did it start with like Black Eagle? Then it's like, hey, this went really well and we want to do some more of your titles uh, with you or, or how's that go? Well, with that, there's two ways I go about it. Sometimes 
I will get access either by seeking it out or sometimes it comes to you. Sometimes a producer will reach out to me and say, hey, you do good work. I'd love mm -hmm. for you to take these. Um, with that, th that was part, Carson's film were part of the uh, Imperial catalog. So when we uh, licensed the catalog, those films were in it. And then work, I, then I developed the relationship with him, you know, starting with Black Eagle. And I think it continued uh, uh, with, I forget which his other films. I think it's Nemesis. Um, mm -hmm. He was on, there's several Eric Carson's films, but you build the relationship uh, working with him. He sits down, he does interviews for us and you speak with him on the phone and trade emails and you build the relationship that way. Now, there are times where we'll pick up a catalog, I'll build a relationship with a producer and then he'll have other movies yeah. that aren't in that catalog that are available. So um, with Don Murphy, we worked with Don Murphy on um, Double Dragon Mm -hmm. And it turns out he's got another movie that we've picked up and we are doing a transfer and working on that wasn't part of the Imperial catalog. So oh, cool. Are, are there any plans to do uh, the Octagon? Eric Carson's I mean, Well, see, and there's the, that's the other way you do acquisition. So somebody will make a suggestion. They'll say, can you get the Octagon? And then I start a deep dive and like, well, who owns the, you got to figure out who owns the Octagon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I believe, I, I think that was in a library that just got bought. It's, we don't have plans to do that. But um, when people ask me for titles, um, almost every one of them, I don't care how ridiculous the ask is, I'll do my best to track down who owns it and try to get it. That's awesome. You know, so that's the other way. You know, there'll be a movie that I loved as a kid. I'm like, oh my God, I totally want to put this out. Like Action USA, that one came to us. The, the, the company that licensed it to Vinegar Syndrome said that they had a limited release. They did 4,000 units. Do you want it? And I said, absolutely. Because I think, you know, I said, I said to myself, I think that I think we can sell more. I think uh, I saw that there was a lot of demand for it for the Vinegar Syndrome version. And that's why mine looks so different because I said, I'm going to put this out. I'm going to try to find one or two things that I can differ. I found a bonus, some bonus material that that wasn't on theirs. And, uh, you know, in the packaging, I wanted to do some do something different, uh, unique with the packaging. Well, I mean, that that one looks great. And, you know, the, the transfer on it looks incredible. Yeah, that it, was the that was the transfer oh. that came with it. I did not oversee that transfer. OK, right on. Well, either way, I, I think it, it's it, the same one as vinegar syndrome. So, well, you know, I mean, speaking of another, you know, another transfer that, that this is kind of me just kind of shooting fish in a barrel here in terms of titles. Uh, Preston a few years ago recommended uh, Gone to Coney Island. Oh, and yeah, man. man, and talk about a movie that's unlike pretty much anything in the collection. So we, I watched it, and it ha it has a grit and a grain to it that still looks well. It still looks good, and it can handle like blacks on my TV really well. It the transitions worked well, the images worked well. Um, and I've seen high profile releases and I'm not going to name them because that's not what I'm here to do, but I've seen high profile releases that I've texted these guys about too that try to go for that look that, that, that just fail like completely. So my, my point is, and what's interesting is even a movie like that, that is pretty minimal is just kind of about bros, you know, reminiscing and it's nice and touching. And I, I really like the movie itself. Um, it, it still is nice to be able to see that attention being paid, even though when it doesn't really have to be with something like a movie like that. And, and yeah. I think, I think, I think that shows. Well, and that one too, you know, it all, like I said earlier, it all goes down to personality and there's a personality to that. There's two couple reasons why we picked that up. One personality, it, uh, uh, it has an eighties, nineties aesthetic to it. You know, mm -hmm. because the movie takes place in both the 80s and the 90s. Um, uh, it's got an 80s, 90s cast with John Cryer and Ioni Sky and Frank Whaley. So, like, there was that. And then this is where I'll call the cheat comes in. So, I don't know how deep dive you did with me. <clears throat> um, I produced a film called The Man from Earth. Um, uh, Sci-fi drama with uh, William Catt and Tony Todd and John Billingsley. Uh, it was my first movie as a producer. And how that movie came to be was, uh, I was working for a small indie back in 99 in acquisitions. 
And one of the movies I almost acquired back then was Coney Island. Uh, the company I worked for, it turns out that, uh, I'll just say they weren't in the financial position to acquiring any movies, but I made friends with the filmmaker, Richard Shankman. And I met, that, that, was, that started in 1998. And uh, uh, he directed and co-produced fir my first film, which was, you know, we became very good friends. Uh, we made a couple of, we've made several movies together, including Man From Earth, the sequel to Man From Earth, called Man From Earth Holocene, uh, Mischief Night, a horror movie. So we've worked together. And uh, he direct, he wrote and directed uh, Coney Island. So when I was putting this Rewind collection together, I, he's my friend. I called Richard up, my dude, do you have the rights cool. to Coney Island? Hmm. He did. Uh, so that's why we picked it and put it, that's another reason why we picked it and put it out. But truth be told, whether I knew Richard or not, I probably would have picked it because I love John Cryer. I think he's great in the movie. I think mm -hmm. Frank Whaley steals every scene that he's did in that. And yeah. <laughs> out of all the titles in the Rewind collection, it's funny, people never buy that one first. It hasn't sold great, just okay. But when they do break down and buy it, everyone that breaks down and buy it either sends me a direct message or mm -hmm. I get a note somewhere or, or, or write to customer service saying, I just bought this movie and I can't believe, well, I love it. I never heard of it before. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly me <laughs> that's why i uh recommended it to him because out of all the films that are in the collection it it's more it appeals more to my sensibilities like the kind of films that i like which are kind of like very thoughtful engaging because it, it reminds me of something like a richard linklater film that yeah. may, may take a little more time and vi involves a, like psychology of the characters a little more as soon as i get to talking about that collection that's the one that I recommend most. Yeah, I hope people, if they if they watch or, or, or listen to this podcast, you know, I deliberately uh, lowered the price of it. Well, one, because it was just selling okay. And two, I want people to see it. That's one that I'm I'm quite proud of. It has a nice transfer and, you know, yeah, John Cryer, come on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's nice. I like the, uh, I like the eclecticness of the label. I was just kind of looking at all of them. Like, it's all over the place. Ranges from the seventies to the two thousands. You know, you have martial arts movies, yeah, you no have 60s. dramas, you have horror. It's just such a cool, you know, like you said, I like how you just look at it and it's not like, you know, obviously cult movies are nice, especially to get, get back out there and release, but you're not just doing that. You're doing things that, you know, that, that you like personally, or that you would see, you know, a collector enjoying remastered or, or that, you know, maybe I've had limited releases elsewhere. So it's, it's a really cool way to do it. Cause I know a lot of times people kind of get stuck in one lane and they will never go out of that where it's clear you're willing to go kind of anywhere with the label. Yeah. We, yeah. we like the personality, the personality of, of rewind is like, you know, cult classics and more from the video store. And then the marquee collection, it's kind of like what I call where we put our, like our studio product. So if I do a license, uh, from MGM, we got Barbershop and Barbershop 2 and Basic Instinct 2. Those aren't rewind titles. Like you can't make Barber. There's nothing retro about Barbershop. It's still a relatively, you know, contemporary film. And that's where you put the contemporary stuff. Most of it anyway. So, you know, memories of me, we didn't have any bonus. I would have put that in rewind, but um, we didn't have any bonus features. We only had like one or two things. They didn't have enough to put it in there. I, I didn't want to cheat the the collector and just slap a retro looking cover on it and call it rewind. There's gotta be something of value on there in addition to the movie in order for me to make it a rewind. If it's an older film and I wanna make it a rewind title. I hope you do uh, some more animation because uh, speaking of Harry Nelson, like doing the point, which yeah. was a, a great one that I could watch with my son. Yeah, the point, uh, the point was a good one. And MVD already had like a DVD of a collector's edition and I, we wanted to do it on Blu-ray and that was one where we searched high and low for material and the best we could find was a TV print, a 16 millimeter uh, print from the TV version. Now we weren't allowed to use the Dustin Hoffman voiceover um, on our release for what I don't, I didn't get into it. I was just told, don't ask, you're not gonna get it. But mm -hmm. we did do uh, a, an HD, I don't know, a 2K scan of a 16 millimeter print. It's a little rough around the edges. Um, we didn't do a major restoration. I think they did some cleanup, a little bit of cleanup, but I'm pretty proud of it. Like with the point and the thing I love about the point is two things. One, I love in the beginning, it's got that um, 
that bumper logo from that TV or whatever. I think it's yeah. awesome, which I left on there. And two, this and um, Savannah Smiles has yeah. this, because the prints, because we also used to print, this one became a print from the Library of Congress because we, we couldn't find the materials. And the thing I love about it, it has this 40 second, these have this 42nd Street grindhouse feel to it where they're, they're definitely in HD and they look really good and clear and they have good color, but they look a little beat up. I don't mind that. I think it adds to the charm of it myself. Yeah. I know that some collectors totally. think that's crazy. I don't go out of my way for that, <laughs> but if that's the best I have, I'm not ashamed to, you know, I'm not ashamed to put it out there. And, and also, you know, um, with both of these, uh, with Savannah Smiles, I made sure that I went online and told people, look, here's, I, I think it's Savannah Smiles. I put up a comparison of what we did and the condition. So people weren't shocked and felt ripped off. And even for the point, it says right on the back, you know, due to the unknown whereabouts of the negative elements, the point was scanned on 2K from a 16 millimeter release print. Like I put it right on there. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. this is good, but you know, it's not uh, 4K criterion good. Mm -hmm. Right. We just, right. we like to be honest and upfront always. Well, good. Yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, so which of uh, all the titles that are in the collection that are you the most proud of? Packaging wise, all right. My two favorite packages are Action USA because like literally if you take a picture of this it looks it looks like an Errol's box like you it almost looks like just looks old it looks like it's supposed yeah. to I'm really I'm really proud of my brother is a graphic designer I'm just really proud of the detail and how that came out and my second favorite package is um my samurai yep <laughs> I absolutely love the attention to detail even on the spine it looks like that clear plastic case. I don't know if you can see it with the light, but yeah, uh, yeah. like the attention to detail on this and how it was cut and looked like it was slid into a case. Like I'm really proud of that. In terms of releases, um, uh, I would say that the, my favorites are probably, I don't know. I have a couple. I mean, I love Drive, but I think I'm going to say uh, Split Second, Double Impact, uh, Lionheart yeah. are probably among my favorite. Let, let's uh, tell that story too, because we were e emailing back and forth about it. But on the Action USA one, like you were talking about, I think we were kind of like pontificating on the podcast, kind of how it came to be. And you had kind of a cool story about a, a video chain and how they kind of doctored yeah. up the, uh, the the case on it to make it look away. Yes, Errol's video. This is a, I, I, it's a, my video store of my youth. And they used to like, they, they, had, they were one of the few video stores that had live product on their shelves. Remember, you used to go to a video store, you take like an empty box to a shelf and then the clerk behind the counter would get the movie out and they'd rent mm -hmm. you your movie. Errol's video put them in these big boxes because they made them tough to shoplift. So they would have like foam on the inside and the tape. Oh my God, look how beat up, look how dirty that tape is. <laughs> nice. um, that case is massive. Yeah. So I love these cases and, the, and I'm mad at myself. I used to have, because back then to buy movies wasn't easy. And like Errol's would sell them, you know, their used inventory. And I used to buy them all the time because I wanted to collect and not all the movies were priced to own. You couldn't buy them new yet. And I threw away so many of them and I'm like, oh, I should have saved them now, but I missed the cases. So um, we created from scratch, like every little detail, like every, if you hold them side by side, you know, you'll see, uh, mm -hmm. like we, we just copied, we, we really copied everything as close as, you know, um, uh, humanly possible That's to make cool. it look, yeah. you know what I mean? Even down to the fake, you can see on here, like fake scotch tape and stuff. Yeah. Yeah because they would tape the plastic thing here to the box so it wouldn't slide off. This is, of course, it's disintegrated and, but. That's cool. You know, yeah, man, I just, I love doing, I love, I love doing the retro slip covers. I love, I'm always in search of, I'll buy movies now at like 
like goodwill mm -hmm. just to get just so i could get this so i can get the scan of the sticker that's on there oh yeah. that's awesome cole yeah. and i are like that like we he and i we did like this fun get together over uh during the pandemic when we were in quarantine where we watched solar babies and we both bought like the old uh case off of ebay mm -hmm. and then we watched it together but yeah that's what we'll do we'll we'll do that and we'll have all the fun science fiction stickers and uh, uh the certain worn look which uh i think it like started since doa like even doa and uh attack of the killer tomatoes they they have like the same worn uh design just kind of well well the earlier ones like it's funny you mentioned that yes i i had a conversation with my brother like i didn't want to repeat too often like so when these were two this is one and two i'm like god oh, we already reused the same little peeled sticker thing um as if you look at them as you progress yeah. there's less and less um yeah. there's less and That's less Eating. fast lane there and tsr video on that one you know the tsr these i i didn't want to get in trouble with the rst video that was my homage to clerks <laughs> nice that's it's the another arrow sticker on this one here too I yeah noticed. that was from my i still have my membership card so i scanned it and made it look like a sticker <laughs> that's cool there's all yeah. kinds of easter eggs on here like this we're hockey fans so the philadelphia flyers the goalie, our favorite goalie is Ron Hextall. So that says Hextall Entertainment on it. Nice. Um, and the number and the phone number says uh, 476-2727. Um, they all have meetings, but the 27 was the number that Ron Hextall's uh, number on them. Uh, that was his number on his jersey, 27. And then I'm trying to think like all these... Uh, I think this D170 means something, but I forget what it means. Like, if you, there's all kinds of little Easter eggs. So, like, this one says hometown video. I used mm -hmm. to work at hometown video uh, when I was when I was a kid. So that's like like there's just little things that I uh, put on here. With Nemesis, we gave it a sun fade, and they made it look like a sticker was peeled off the sun fade. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I really want to make. It, I'm uh, trying. To, uh, I, I don't want to repeat myself. I want everyone to, to have a unique look and uh, feel to it. Do you find collectors will reach out to you or just the feedback you get about wanting slip covers versus not wanting them? Anybody that's reached out to me saying they want, that they want people collect slip covers, like yes. collect trading cards or pop. Yes. 100%. Yeah, that yeah. is me. Yep. He, he does I not put non-sleeved uh, slip cover movies in his shelf, right? You have a, a <laughs> yeah. storage storage bin underneath for those. Yes. Yes. I have like my Warner archives under, <laughs> under, under my bed kind of I thing. Said, so I said to my brother that we should just start a business where we make and sell slip covers, but like we'll design a slip cover for like a Warner archive with our own original artwork or design on there. That's not copyright infringement and sell it for a buck 99. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Who who's done yeah. that before? I think like um, a, a diabolic DVD. I think had a custom one they did for an era release, and then I think some of the video stores, like the still existing electronic stores, occasionally will get like a exclusive one that they can kind of put out well, there too. You inspired me because I have um, I have a couple of the uh, the MGM tapes from the eighties. Mm -hmm. Um, like your Solar Babies. I have Electric Dreams. It opens up like that. Yeah. So. I've already in my head just made a mental note when I saw you open it up that I'm going to do eventually in the future, I'm going to do a <laughs> slip cover that has a gatefold, has the exact yeah. same thing, except it's going to have a picture of the tape in the tray on the slip when you open it up. That's awesome. I'm going to do, I'm going to do one of those covers for a slip. That'd be cool. You got, you got to figure out a way to do it better than uh, Paramount though, because they have their Paramount presents line that has the poster in it, but it never I, stays, I like, stays on the I disc. Like no, I do oh, too, but the, that doesn't ever stay on the disc. It's I like too big for that. <laughs> I can tell you why. Because somebody's not doing their homework there. That the um, You have to make sure that the size, you can't just use a generic slipcover size. You have to make sure that the slipcover is made for the disc. So what's happening there, there is, I'll bet you, if you take one of the slightly thicker, I don't, I don't know if I have any behind me, but like there's a slightly thicker, blu-ray mra case that that's made for and if you switch it out the case it, it won't slide off like that mm. they're Jeez. using the wrong there you they're go they're using the wrong size 
amorase to put in those cases and no one's caught on to it yet. Is this what you're talking about, Max? How it just Yep, exactly. Yes. Falls, if you out. pulled it off, it just dropped down on there. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. So are this is just kind of a random question I had. Are these more the clear cases more expensive than not necessarily case? It depends on your replicator and what they can get. So we were using a replicator that had the clear cases and then ran out and we couldn't get them. Mm -hmm. However, right. Very recently, it was supposed to start with, um, it was supposed to start with dirty laundry. We have a new mm -hmm. replicator we're going to start using that has clear cases. So I'm going to go back to the clear cases. Awesome. And the only reason I haven't yet is the very reason you're talking about with the paramount where it drops out the bottom. Mm -hmm. is that we've there's been a lot of back and forth via email between us the replicator and my brother the designer to make sure that we have the exact measurements of the cases that they're using and the slip covers so we so it doesn't fall out the bottom i like a snug me i like a snug slip cover and not only that and i've demonstrated this on a live chat once is i carefully cut out the top of the plastic so the plastic stays on it and i can just slide the disc out but i keep the plastic on my disc oh interesting i, I use a little I, I use a little pen knife and just cut like a rectangular square out of the top so i can keep the plastic on it protect the slip and see we love that attention to detail that's awesome yeah no absolutely i'm yes. i'm not i'm not yeah, and well, i mean the thing is is these slip covers though I mean, they're they're their own little piece of artwork. I mean, it's it's essentially collecting how people would collect vinyl. I mean, to me, that's mm -hmm. what this is exactly is. like. I mean, that's it, you know, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's like having a little piece of the artwork of the film right there, whether it's something custom like this or my 4K of speed or something like that. I mean, you know, whether you like the artwork or not on like stu standard studio stuff you know is whatever but you know it's still having a piece of it and don't forget it's nice to know that i'm never gonna forget that only the strong exists because i have and, a vhs like, copy of it, i like you know? these i'm mad that i didn't think of i like these, oh yeah but i'm bothered by the lack the ocd in me and collectors I, i'm i always say collectors have ocd and we do we we like everything mm -hmm. to match. It's funny. Mm -hmm. You mentioned on my Errol's cover that <laughs> yep. it does bother me that it does not line up. I agree with you, but I had to do that cover once in a while. I'm going to stray, <laughs> but it bothers me of the lack of it. Like, this is a really great idea, but they, they get it a little wrong and that bothers me. The other thing that bothers me is I don't know where this came from, but like we were using Mill Creek to, MVD as a company was used. We were working with Mill Creek to put things in Walmart. So I was sending mm -hmm. them submissions all the time with rewind stuff mm -hmm. with my retro covers. And then all of a sudden I see this. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you son, son of a bitch. <laughs> kind of, you know, I feel like they copied a little bit because we were doing it first. We're not the first person to do a retro cover, but we were doing it the, like this. We were, we were ahead of them. No, absolutely. Well, the thing is, is, is none of the i mean this is an awesome movie okay oh i love it i, I tried to pick but that up there's no there's nothing on it i mean i'm happy to have it no i would never it. have put you that know? out without bonus i just no way i would have put that out without bonus right. material wouldn't have done it so yeah i mean yeah because these were these were in walmart for the longest time i think that's where i got most yeah. of them so yeah walmart and amazon know, like seven it's, bucks it's, it's interesting <laughs> to hear that seven bucks yeah it's crazy but i mean I, I, you know listen they charge seven bucks for them so yeah. you're not going to get bonus features i mean some some right. of these are not cheap to produce I, I don't like you'll see and you'll see the pricing on our releases fluctuate from like from mm -hmm. 15 yeah. to 20 bucks all the way up to 40 and the reason is is if i look at the budget and look at what i spent so like for example um, the dirty laundry suggested retail price is twenty four ninety nine. I'll probably sell on Amazon for fifteen bucks, fifteen or sixteen bucks. Mm -hmm. um, 
I know how much I spent on that. And you know what? That's got to be $24.95. Same with Action USA. Even though that we did a lavish slipcover, I looked at what we spent. I said, we can try, we can, we can price this lower. And then you have other ones that we spend lavishly on, like double impact. We spent, mm-hmm. you know, there's two hours, there's hours of bonus material. We spent heavily on bonus material. So it was priced a little higher as a result of that. And that's one of the hardest ones if someone was to get it on an aftermarket, which I want to ask you about that. That's the one that's so rare. People are, cra- I mean, crazy about that, that movie. And so does that aftermarket, like on eBay or wherever, does that bother you? Are you like, damn it? Or you is that just part of it? For a slipcover for, for yeah, like, like, like if you Googled eBay, like it's like 50 bucks. Someone's like, it doesn't bother me at it. all. I mean, cool. What 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 it's it makes me if anything it it makes you feel good knowing that something that I willed into existence has value to people you know what I mean that I made totally cool you know and that feels good um it also you know I say all the time you know if you want a slipcover you got to pre-order or buy it when it's new yeah because like with with double impact I think we printed five or six thousand slips interesting and they're gone so gone. You know, they're gone versus, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, um, what is this one? That's so funny. Memories of me. I That wasn't in Rewind, but, you know, I have plenty of slip covered memories of me. Uh, if anybody's interested, you know what I mean? Didn't sell <laughs> right. as well. So some, some titles sell better than others. Like sure. I think double, double impact. I think that slip cover is gone. I think Nemesis might be gone by now. Um but there's still some left on Angel Town, which is such a funny movie. You should totally watch that. Yeah, I'll need to snag that one. Yeah, I bought this on Amazon two days ago. And it yeah, came it came like 30 minutes before I got on with you. And it had a slipcover. I was like, let me just see. I was like, I'm just going to see. And so no, I just saw it on there. And I was like, okay, let's go for it. But um, get, I get emailed yeah. all the time asking, does this still have a slipcover? Does that? And I'm like, I don't. I mean, I'm not in the warehouse, so I don't know. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes right. what happens is, we'll burn through all the slip covers and we'll be out and then somebody will send back a return of 60 right. units. And then all of a sudden you could get lucky and get one again. Oh, interesting. Okay. So guarantee if, okay. if you pre-order like every unit on the first run has a slip every yeah, year. That's, that's what you got to do. And I realized that in general, just with buying stuff. And so, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yep. I'm a, I wanted to talk before we jumped off about the summer releases because obviously you know the 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 podcast is uh, more more horror oriented but we're all just collectors and, and yeah. everything but there's we like so horror. so many kind of like horror sci-fi all at once with uh, one dark night you know the dark obviously sorority row it's like I'm just really excited mortuary all these coming out of the you know in the next few months I'm really excited to kind of uh see those and what touches you put in i'm gonna be looking at and we'll probably email you like what does the sticker mean <laughs> yeah you could do that and you know it's funny when we did all those announcements there was like people complaining like well these have been out before these have been out before but you know there are they were out before in some cases it was been a couple of years and, and you then might don't, have don't buy it was, why are you complaining <laughs> just don't i mean buy it if exactly it's i feel like say it like and i try to be nice to everybody and i am nice to everybody but like well, I think they're not, some people won't buy it, but they don't look, they are afraid that that's taking up the slot of something else, which it is not. Mm-hmm. It's just that the opportunity to pick those up and put them back mm-hmm. out came to came to me, uh, just like Action USA. And I was like, yes, I want to re, I want to re-release these and I'll do something fun with the slips. And, you know, there are, there might be a collector that was 16 or 17 years old when Code Red or Scorpion had them out. You know, that was four or five years ago. It's out of print. Now they're 21. Now they're collecting and they don't want to go on eBay and spend 50 or $60 to get an out of print movie. Yeah, so exactly right. we release it. But I mean, the, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, do know that um, anytime that we announce a title uh, that's, that may have been out before, it's not taking up the slot of another title. It's just, you know, if anything, it's, it's adding to, I just want to add to the collection and, I, it's, uh, there are movies that I like. I'm like, you know what? I want to put my version out of that. Yeah, talk about some cool posters on those too. The the reverse side of One Dark Night. I was yeah. looking at that one, and then the dark obviously is just such a like just cool looking poster. It's so 70s, man. Yeah. It's a, have you seen the dark? No, I haven't. I haven't seen. All right. It is literally. 
the best way to describe it, because I watched the whole thing like twice because I had to do the I did review the check disc and everything. The best way to describe it, it's like seven meets Predator Two. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Yes. And, but poorly executed, but so much fun. <laughs> There's like really cheesy special effects. And then you got like it's produced by Dick Clark and Casey Kasem is in the movie. That's awesome. And William Devane <laughs> is chewing up scenery like, like he's eating a piece of raw steak. It's just unbelievably good. It's Sweet. really good. Uh, I'm excited. For I laugh. I like laughed out loud at it. Like just so much fun to watch. You watch that trailer. How I don't know how anybody could watch the trailer for The Dark and not want to see that movie. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. I mean, look, uh, people like people complaining about things being released before. I mean, once again, Preston and I were texting. I mean, Labyrinth is getting re-released on 4K. He was like, wasn't this just re-released five years ago? And it's like, yeah, dude, major studios do it all the time. You know, they do it all the time. They do. So I'm really what makes me excited is I'm I really like I like what Paramount's doing. I love their slipcovers and I do look yeah. for cases that fit better in them. But yep. I do love the idea of the poster thing. I love I love that Paramount's finally digging into their catalog. I think they just mm-hmm. announced Bugsy Malone, yep. which I yeah. just bought an import over Christmas. Like I'm really happy to see that they're digging into their catalog. Um, I I hope other studios see the value in it. You know, I see Sony being a uh, slightly uh, more aggressive, or I, I feel like Sony's not giving as much to Mill Creek and doing more on their own, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope more studios put out more catalog. And if they don't, I hope they license them to us. Hell yeah. 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 You know, license them to us or somebody, you know, if they're not us, I'm happy to let titles go. Like I've had conversations with Kino Lorber and the other guys when we're all talking to the same studio. And I say, well, share my, I don't want to compete for titles. Tell me which titles you want. Let me tell you which ones I want. And we'll just split it up. Mm. So, you know, so instead of us fighting over one title, we, the, the, the consumer wins because, he picks the 10 or 15 he wants. I pick the 10 or 15 I want and the consumer gets 30 titles, you know? Wow. So. It's a cool way to do it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I, I talk to my my counterparts all the time. I'm all like asking them what they're putting out and everything else. And, you know, I love Arrow's like my favorite company. I love Arrow. I love the nothing beat their packaging. Arrow's releases and vinegar syndromes are to me the best packaging and the best releases in the business. Their limited edition box sets they do those first runs are just so cool, especially on all yeah. the 4K stuff they have now with the uh, I think the Darny Darko one we all Django. just picked, picked up and yeah, just flash forward. I will also say this Blue Underground, in regards to the the attention he pays to those transfers <laughs> is unbelievable. They look and too good sometimes, Sam, especially the New York Ripper. <laughs> Like, but like, I, I, and I love Bill for this and I, I'm going to rank, I'm going to stick him up there too, as far as my favorites, because he, first of all, I can say firsthand that he spares no expense. There are titles that I know he's overspent on because he wants to have the best. Like it's been very important to him uh, to have the reputation of having the best. And if you look at his transfers, they are, I mean, you can buy a blue underground title knowing that even though you say in your head, I'm, I'm never going to have to buy this again, but at least you, for a while, you know, you're, you're getting the best of the best. Like <laughs> yeah, that the Blu-rays look so good. Yeah. The Blu-rays look so good. I didn't even know there'd be room for improvement on the 4Ks, Dude, but they, they, they look clean. You need to look at the, um, I don't know if you picked up the final countdown yet. It's yep. just unbelievable. Yeah. It it, looks amazing. I was just going to say that was incredible. That blew yeah. my mind. I, I love like, the full stuff. It's like a stuff. new movie that they deliberately yes. made to look old. I don't yeah. know. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. It's one, it's, it was, it blew my mind. It was an incredible release. I loved it. And like Arrow's definitely with the packaging and they do some really, just, I'm so, I'm so happy to be a collector now. And a lot of the younger collectors don't realize, you know, back in the days of Laserdisc, I mean, if you wanted to buy like the Terminator 2 special edition, extended edition box set, that was 100, 150 bucks. You paid yeah. that for one movie, you know, Aliens was a hundred bucks. That, you know, when I bought uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance on Laserdisc, one street date, forty nine ninety five. That's what you paid. You know, that's so. You know, if Amazon's selling an Arrow title or an MVD Rewind title for twenty four twenty seven ninety nine, that's a good. Like, I don't have a problem paying that because I paid a hell of a lot more when I was younger. 
Yeah, even those yeah. arrows, you're getting so much more than you did in a laser disc so back in the more. day with eight hours of special features and like a 60 page book and double sided poster. It's awesome, man. Yeah, it's so much more. So, you know, I try, like I said, in terms of pricing, I try to be reasonable. Like, I, I'm, I'm definitely reasonable in the sense that if I spend less, you're going to get a lower price. And that's like, you know, I say that's a guarantee. I mean, it is kind of a guarantee because I don't just slap a $40 price on it because I want to price gouge. Only if right. we spend more money, and I know the company's keeping their eye on me, I want to be able to keep releasing as many movies as possible, and I want them to be profitable. And at the same time, if we already, if I know we spent less, that savings is absolutely getting passed on to the consumer. Surprisingly fresh. <laughs> so at least that's, that's how I roll, because I'm buying these things too. I mean, I do get a few free ones because I work at MVD from time to time, <laughs> but I mean, I can tell you right now, I have stacks when, when target does those buy two get one freeze i spend hundreds of dollars on discs that i don't need and they just sit in there oh. but i do watch did, do did get you get any of those uh target releases where they actually made them as thick as a vhs and then inside have do you have any of those there you go yep yeah oh nice come on of course I did. He's got 10,000. He's got. <laughs> yeah, I got him over there. Too. I didn't buy all of them. I try to at least buy one. I mean, I'm all about packaging. Like I, I love, Yeah. you know, like, I mean, come on. How, how can I not own this? I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not opening it. Well, it sounds like yeah. you don't need to. I heard that transfer is. <laughs> you know, and then like this, I mean, I don't know what I like better. This endo arm or that head, but I could literally. Oh my I, gosh. I'm hoping, I'm hoping Lionsgate puts out like a chest and the other arm. I want to build a Terminator. <laughs> yeah. so cool. you know, and I had to pay Eddie Furlong $60 for the autograph, but it was worth it. <laughs> and I just found these. I found, I have an actual original pair of gargoyles from the 70s. Oh, nice. From the nice. 80s, whatever. They're not from the movie, but they're definitely the same as the ones that took that Arnold War. Hell yeah. Very cool. I love it, man. It's so cool more. to have all that stuff. Dude, I have so much shit. I have so much crap. I mean, like... It's a good thing you have a, a basement. <laughs> a Spuds McKenzie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I love Spuds. Yeah. It's just like yeah. I have... I, I have... I have a... T I set up a TikTok and I have a thing I'm started doing called Cool Things You Could Find in My Basement. I literally like run through five or ten things in the video. Nice. TikTok nice. and they're all random but uh i, I love that the other format. night i spent some time going through all my uh my video store tchotchkes and everything like all the little things i used to make to give to video stores and i had like a hair a, a hard bodies two headband stuff like that <laughs> well erica thank you so much for your time today we really yeah. really appreciate it this was fantastic uh we we, we always love when we can uh, you know geek out and nerd out with somebody and that's great so do i yeah yeah our, our wives and our significant others are very sick of it and so uh to, to what uh cole was talking about earlier about just you know sometimes we'll just sit in among our collection and we'll just stare at it just oh. because we love it so much like i do it all the time i'm like i'm just in all of it or i'll pull stuff off the shelf yeah. and at least look at the packaging and you know what? i'm, I'm mad at myself i've been i find myself buying more vhs again now mm. yeah and I, I don't know why, but like, it's weird. Like I, uh, I'll be at a flea market or I'm always sitting up a, a Goodwill going through. If I find something remotely culty and sometimes even not, if I just like, Oh, I want it, you know, it's 50 cents. I started buying more VHS again. I hate it, but I do it. <laughs> are you going to start, are you going to start, uh, for when you, when you were talking about like going to all these stores, I mean, that's something that Cole and I do as well. Like, uh, we have our own, you know, VHS corner in our uh, movie rooms. Like, for instance, I got uh, Space Camp and we watched it like my wife and my son. We all just made a, a whole night of it. But what's so special about that, too, is being able to watch those trailers or those clips or even the old logos that they do on there. Um, and, and so yeah, before we cut out here, I got to give some uh, props to the the logo that you guys came up with when you when we pop in the disc yeah my the, brother and i did that we yeah, it was we awesome that. i like that uh, glad whole. you like it i'm so proud of it like we yeah we uh we went through so many different versions of it till we landed on something that just felt right but i'm really proud of that and like uh even i can't remember i may have even my boss was like well why are we doing that 
I forget. I may have even paid for that out of my pocket, like because I had to have it. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I think I did pay for that. <laughs> good, good man. Worth it. Yeah. yeah. Totally yeah. worth it. Totally worth it. So, well, this is awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me. I, I like like you guys. I don't get a, I often don't get a chance to uh, talk uh, and geek out a little bit. You know, and I'm not like on here just trying to sell people movies. I mean, if you sure. like this buy it great if you don't I, you know i'm not gonna lose any sleep over i just love doing it it's the greatest job ever i finally uh found my calling i mean i've produced like a dozen films and i think i have more fun producing this stuff than i do when i make a movie well it's cool to have the right man for the job not someone that's just looking yeah. like you said bottom line let me buy a movie for as cheap as i can and, and get the price as high as i can to maximize profit it's good to have the <laughs> the collector's nah. mentality and you know price it where you overspend and, and pass the buck on to us where uh, where you you know may have made more of a profit on it. really cool yeah and you guys you should check out some of the titles in the marquee collection i'm really proud of them falcon rising it's like a new movie, but it's the kind of movie in 15 years we're going to be like, oh, my God, it's so classic. Like the last Camino, one I watched, I think, was Beer League. Uh, beer, well, yeah, and Beer League or Camino with Zoe Bell and Beer League. So dated. Yeah. Oh, we, we saw Camino uh, Preston at Fantastic Fest. That's that one yeah. with Zoe Bell and Nacho Vigalondo. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I, yeah, so much, it, that's on the I had no idea that was released. That's cool. I'll have to snag that. Uh, it reminded me of First Blood. Like I just when that that, that was a company come to me with like a package and they said this was available and it was already out recently, but the company that had it out went out of business and there were some bonus features. I think that didn't make it on the original version. I'm like, I'm, I'm happy to put that out. Uh, nice. Cool. I think, I think that's in the mail on the way to me now. So I'm yeah. And I keep one. the prices on those, especially the marquee stuff, unless I like, uh, unless it's something like wind talkers, which has two discs, yeah, there are mm -hmm. some of the marquee titles we spent some money on, but Wind Talkers couldn't go. That's not a rewind title, obviously. But most of the marquee stuff, you know, it's twenty dollars suggested retail price, which means you'll probably get it for eleven ninety nine, twelve ninety nine. some really good new stuff in there they were putting out that I'm proud of. Totally worth your time, and definitely the Go Go Boys. You guys got to pick that movie up. It's so good. Yeah, will do. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a good one. Watch that one. All right, will do. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you so much yeah, for today. Thank you. Thanks for coming on.